They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in, Train and Gross, coming to you from train station studio nice and toasty this afternoon b train how you doing doing good brother doing good feeling good and uh you know it is toasty but you know i got the handy dandy towel and a little drink right here so uh i'm ready to knock this out brother can we do this real quickly and obviously we're going to jump into the suns but i got to do this and sean crespin i need you to 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 ride shotgun with me on this i want to send a a a shout out to our our guy uh who is no longer with us gary cruz i was watching independence Uh, day on of course independence day And yes. uh, obviously he had a, a, a part in that movie and such a good sport about it, too. Yes. We would bring him on our Saturday morning show I was doing with Grocer every year. What did we do mm-hmm. that show, three years together? At least, yeah. And uh, so we would bring him on every, every 4th of July weekend. Right. And he would, uh, he would tell us the story about being on that movie and just kind of go around the horn with, with sports. Yeah, I miss Cruiser, man. You want to talk about one of the all-time nicest dudes right. in this industry? Ever. Yeah. Ever. And the last time he was with us, he did. <laughs> we said, "Will you reprise your role?" <laughs> yeah. So Carlos Ortiz. <laughs> Carlos Ortiz from right. Fox 11 in Los in Angeles. LA. Angelinos, do not fire your weapons into the sky. <laughs> wow. Wow. Such a good sport oh, about man. it. And uh, like I said, it, it you know it just g- it gave me a pause on uh, on Independence you know, Day. He, I was watching the movie yeah. and and he popped up you know sure. like 15 20 minutes in. Yep. Yeah, great to see him, and, and we no miss doubt. him. I mean, Definitely he was so him. nice. I overlooked the fact that he was a diehard Broncos guy all those years. I mean, come on. Just, he's from just, Denver, man. Come just on. overlooked it because he was so nice. Yeah. And he was from De- – well, he's from L.A., but he spent – and he was a legend. In That's Den- where I met yeah. him. He yes. was an absolute legend in, in Denver. Denver sports. Yes, he was. KMGH Channel 7, I believe, yep. in Denver. Yep. He was a legend. And when I was a sports information director at a small division, too, this tells you the hardworking, nice guy – Covers the Broncos, covers the Nuggets, covers the Buffs, all yep. the big stories. Mm-hmm. I was at a Division II school. He said, we want to do a story. What do you think? And he, he and the head basketball coach hooked up. Gary Cruz went on a six-day road trip with a Division II basketball team and took the camera and in the office still, probably to this day, the old, old film that they used to, to use at TV stations. Yeah. So the versatility, but just a genuine nice guy. Mm-hmm. And One of the best, man, yeah. that's for sure. And, you know, it got me thinking about when you said Denver and, and how – with the Broncos, it's always the first pro team. That's always the beloved team in that city. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are beloved in Denver, in the Mile High City. Same way the Phoenix Suns are beloved here. Mm-hmm. And no matter what any of the other four or other three major sports do, they will never be the Phoenix Suns. Just like in Denver, they will never, nobody will ever be the Denver Broncos. The Nuggets, the Rockies, the Avalanche, they, they can win Stanley Cups, they can win World Series, they can they can win NBA championships, but they will never have the heart of the city like Denver. Well, and you know this because like you, you live there, you work there. I played and, there. And I, I played for the Broncos. For, I was there for 12 years. Yeah. And when the Broncos are winning, I was there for the first couple Super Bowls, the ones yeah. that they got to then got. Mm. Mm, yeah. yeah. But they still went to the Super Bowl. Yep. And then when it goes sideways with the Broncos, mm. that's a bigger story than anything else is going on. And you could say arguably in the city of Denver, if you look at the four majors, the Avalanche really – have been the more successful team over the last number of years. 
and it doesn't matter. Nope. It does not matter. If the Broncos are stinking it up, which they have been lately, and they're starting to question John Elway and his leadership with that franchise, you know it's for real. Absolutely. You know it's for and real. And I'll give them credit, too. Uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to go watch games or be at games in a handful of stadiums. Mm-hmm. The fan and the day and the, the, the game day experience there is pretty darn good. Right? Oh, it's like I, I go, I've been there four or five times as a Raiders guy. Yes. Head to toe in Raiders gear. It's never malicious. Nope. There's never we have we we banter. We have some fun. Sure. Uh, usually they're trying to figure out how I have tickets from the season ticket holder that's usually sitting next to them. And right. I'm they're mad at that guy, not but, you. But I mean, the last time I'm there, it's freezing cold. This lady's giving me hand warmers. She's offering me trail mix. We're talking football. They're extremely knowledgeable right. about the game. Like it's a fun experience to go there. You guys know I grew up in Detroit, so I had Lions a la Silverdome years. That's what sure. my my NFL was. You get a ticket whenever you wanted to. I played in the Silverdome. So you know what it was yeah. all about up there. Old school. Bad football mm. and huge buildings. So Great music. Wonderful music. <laughs> Uh, my freshman year in college in Denver, mm-hmm. one of my roommates or one of the people in the hall, whatever, the dorm, she said, hey, uh, I got a ticket to the Broncos game. You want to go? Yes. We were close <laughs> enough. The dorm was close enough. We walked down Federal Boulevard to the Old Mile High Stadium. Right. It was Broncos Raiders South Stands. Wow. That was my first experience outside of the Pontiac Silverdome Detroit Lions. Yeah. And it, you talk about going to college and getting your mind expanded. Absolutely. That happened there. But I, I bring all that up to talk about the Phoenix Suns yeah. and how this team has really captured the imagination of the fan base here. They've waited so long. And you think about the madhouse at, at, you know, McDowell. at McDowell and, and, and how they've embraced this team from the very first time that they saw this team and how they are looking at and, and, and cheering for this team. Mm-hmm. It, it, it almost seems like a love affair. Absolutely. A re, like they're falling back in love almost. Falling back in love. Like they, they were estranged for a minute, but then they're able to rekindle that thing, and, and it's just beautiful poetry right Because your analogy with the Broncos in Denver is, is spot on because I was struck, and we'll talk about the actual games. The yeah, sun's up we're going to get to it. But, I, you know, the reaction in town, and, and, you know, I remember driving around Denver, and especially when it was going good, the, the, you know, people setting up in the, in the gas station parking yes. lot selling stuff. Yes. And I'm driving home the other day, and I passed three uh, stands in parking lots of gas stations and whatever, people selling Suns paraphernalia. There you go. Probably not licensed, whatever. Mm. Old school, like the 93 version. Yeah, you know? the Charles Barkley, the back, Dan so Marley. To yes. your point about going back uh, and, and re-embracing this team, and it's like, look, this is for real. Yes. Like, this is, this, this is a city falling back in love with its basketball team after having a relationship that was on the rocks for the better part of the last decade. It'd be like high school sweethearts finding yeah, each other. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, you know, it's like you, you come back to the 20-year reunion and you saw that old flame. Yeah. And you, you start seeing those, you know, the things that kind of made you fall, you know, kind of made you fall in the first place. Like, okay, you know, looking kind of good, you know what I mean? Working out a little bit, you know, everything is kind of fitting where it needs to fit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you see him and it's like you start reminiscing like, oh, this is why I kind of liked you in the first place. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Exactly. And, I, I love this team, but, but can I just say, Bootenholzer, can you please have some adjustments? Right. You cannot let this team just manhandle you the exact same way for four games. Because if you don't change your game plan, it will be Suns and four, like a lot of fans have been screaming. Because there has not been a single adjustment. When you start now, they came out, and we talked about this before we came on air. Yes, they came out and they made them shoot threes. They hit the threes, but you still see Chris Paul unbothered. He's not being picked up at half or at full court. He's not being made to give up the ball at any point. 
if you're Mike Budenholzer, you've got to see you're wasting Giannis Antetokounmpo, a guy that he didn't even know if he was going to be able to play this series, and he's came out and he has played as well as you could possibly ask him to play, and it's still all for naught because you're still letting multiple guys go off and get whatever kind of shot they want. Yeah, and, and it wasn't quite as bad. Like game one, because uh, I believe this is the first show we've done since even before game one. Game one, Chris Paul was able to manipulate the matchups he wanted. He was able to get L Brooke Lopez on him. Or Wherever Lopez he wanted to go on the court. Yeah, Wherever he, he wanted saying, to go. They, uh, their switching that they were yeah. uh, off the pick and roll was brutal. They were able to get whatever matchup they wanted. Suns owned that chess match from the get-go in game yes. one. Game two, they were gonna they closed down hard on Chris Paul. They, they took away the mid-range game where Chris Paul likes to work. Whether he takes the mid-range shot or not, he's able to get there, work, manipulate, either hit, hit uh, DA in the backside cut or kick out to a yeah. shooter. They took that away. The problem was... The Suns hit 57% from three-point range in the first quarter. They hit one shot that wasn't a three yeah. in the first quarter, and the Bucks only had a three-point lead. So at that point, you, you, what do you do? You know, and then offensively, I agree with you. You know, it's awesome to look at a box score if you're a Bucks fan or if you're Yontis and say, oh, he had 40 points. Look at that. Yontis did his job. 42 and 12. But did he, though, when it's constant iso ball and the, and the rhythm of the offense just stops constantly? Like, to me, that's the bigger problem. Those games that – look, they haven't won a game with him playing since game three of the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, the offensively, that ball moves a lot more when he's not playing that iso ball garbage. Like, they got to yeah. find a way to – there's a lot of adjustments they're going to have to make or this is not going to be – we're not right. going to get game five. It's going to be over so when and they and come and back. Yeah, to, to that point, right, it's, it's, it's adjustments. We've been talking about this all along, like who's going to make the adjustments and now the, the, the pressure squarely on the Bucks to figure that out. But, but like you said, Sean, I, there's only so much you can do if the Suns continue to shoot the way they're doing. I mean, I don't know what kind of adjustments you're going to make to slow that down. It, they, it, and it wasn't like Chris, only Chris Paul. Everybody who took a shot was hitting it. Hello, Cam Johnson. Mikhail like, Bridges. Right? I mean, it, it, what do you do? And, yeah. and so, um, yeah. It, 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 and I was telling Sean before we started – the other thing, too, if you, and it's, this is hard, but take yourself out of a Suns fan or a Bucks fan. Mm -hmm. It's been a really enjoyable two games to watch. You know, you, know, you look at it. Um, I know there's a lot of small market talk going on out there. Yep. This has been fun. This has been yep. good basketball. It's been enjoyable basketball. Yep. And you, the, the trend has continued. You know, it was close early in both these games. Then you mm -hmm. saw the lack of adjustments, in-game adjustments. Suns flipped that switch, and it was almost like they found that gear that the Bucks never could match. And then they pull away for, for get wins in game one and two. Mike, I look at this Suns team, and they are almost the perfect anti-big three team. They don't have a big three. Yeah. They were a team that you saw at the end of last year. They were starting to get a little momentum. They got a heck of a coach who is a leader of men mm -hmm. and who is clearly out coaching the other team's coach because of what he's doing and how he's inspiring his own players. I look at how he talks to everybody. Everybody gets a little bit different speech. It's not the same, you know, a sweeping broad stroke for everybody. He talks to everybody in a way that they can understand it. And I think for Monty, one, I'm so proud of him because he's a fellow alum. We were in school together for two years. He's been the exact same guy ever since I can remember. Mike, going all the way back to 1993, mm -hmm. he's been the same guy. And the fact that he is, he was, one, given an opportunity, 
I think that speaks a lot to one, uh, Sarver getting out of the way and, and, and bringing in guys that are actual basketball guys, you know, like a James Jones who's actually bringing in the, the right pieces in order to make a, an ideal squad. Uh, there's a lot of credit that's going to go around, but man, I got to tell you, there's something special about this team. The way that they interact with each other, it's just special. It's something yeah. that you don't see with a lot of other teams. Well, I want to go back to that Monty Williams thought. Like You think about what it takes to be a successful coach, not in pro sports, not in college sports, not in high school sports, sure. just in general. What sure. is it? It's tactician, sure, the ability to do the adjustments in college recruiting. But it's, it's relationship. It's communication. And what's the cornerstone of communication? The, that relationship yes. piece. Yes. You can see the, the embrace between Chris Paul and Monty Williams it's genuine. Yeah. And I, you know, not talk about Mike Boone, but bleh. Mike Budenholzer. Budenholzer. Yeah. I was like, They've got else. some names. The Milwaukee Bucks have got some it, names to get a, out of your mouth. I need that. I, I need that. Budenholzer. I need that pronunciation guy. But I'm going back to Coach Malone with the, sure. with the Nuggets, with like his little antics after the game. Mm. That, that's the exact opposite sure. of what we're seeing here right. in Phoenix. Let's say, you know, and I don't envision how this would happen, but let's say the Suns were down 0 2. Sure. Right? I don't ever see Monty Williams getting at the podium saying, I'm going to go find me some guys who want to play. We're playing for the NBA. That would never come out of his – he wouldn't even think about that. And so you think about successful coaches and guys who've played, and you think back, Mm -hmm. college, pro, high school, what was the key for you? Communications. My daughter played through college sports. Communications. Coaches that she liked, that she had a good relationship, she could talk to, could listen to her. It's communication. You have that rapport. And then when you do that, when the coach says, do this, do that, or, or makes the adjustments, the players are already bought in. You don't have to convince. You don't have to try to get them to get bought, bought into a system. They already follow their coach. Mike, there was an exchange between Monty Williams and DeAndre Aiden at the fourth quarter. There was a timeout, and mm-hmm. it's already gone viral on most mm-hmm. of the social media outlets. And he's talked to him. He's like, hey, look at, look at me. And he, you could see that trust. Yep. The one thing that was so, cle- that was so clear in that was – DeAndre Ayton trusted him because he did exactly what he asked him to do. And there was nothing that was he was treating him like a kid. He was saying, look, you go out there and be the guy. Be physical. You don't have to have all these stats in order to affect the game. You go do what you do in order to affect this game. There's more than one way to affect the game. And you could just see DeAndre Ayton, his confidence. It was almost like he was a flat tire. And you could see Monty Williams just continuing to pump him up by the word and every word you saw DeAndre Ayton's shoulders stand up you yep. saw his, his his body posture change everything about him change and that is so rare to see in today's NBA exactly and even when things go bad on the court for and, and again bad is a relative term when sure. you're up 2-0 in the NBA uh, finals correct but you you're like he got a shot blocked a couple of times he okay. didn't stand it back he did, no, exactly it happens and he yeah. didn't stand back there and mope and it, which right. we probably would have saw early in his career correct he, he hustled down court you would have saw that earlier this year earlier this year fine yeah. He yeah. hustled, and he was back there playing defense. Like yeah. not, you know, it, it didn't even phase him at that point. Yeah. And I think that, to your point, that's the combination of the head coach and Chris Paul. You know, and, and you've seen a lot of interaction uh, on display between DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul on yes. the bench, where he yes. goes up, grab him by the back of the head, put his forehead on his yep. forehead, yep. and talks to him. So now we've gotten to the point where, okay, we've thrown out the superlatives. We've given the, the, the Suns their praise because now they're up 2-0, and they've got two more to go. Now let's look at this from a realistic standpoint, Mike. Can the Milwaukee Bucks beat this Phoenix Suns team four out of five times? No. No. I don't think so. I don't think they I, – I, this the series may come back to Phoenix because this is a good Milwaukee team, 
and I think they'll get a lift going home. Mm. But this team can't beat the Suns four out of the next five. I, I don't see any way. So maybe they win one in Milwaukee, and so game five comes back here. Mm-hmm. I, I would bet whatever on it. I'm not a gambler, so whatever that means. Wow. I, I don't see four out of five. No way. Okay. No. The Suns haven't lost four out of five since, uh, remember early in the season, they mm-hmm. went and played the Wizards, yep. and they had the COVID issues yep. by contact tracing, yep. so they had to take a week off. Mm-hmm. So they had lost that Wizards game. Then they wound up losing a handful of games when they returned after a week off. That's yep. the only time they've lost four out of five this it year. It ain't happening now. It ain't happening now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing, while we're handing out congratulations and, and superlatives and all that, if you get a chance, the undefeated, Mark Spears, who covers the NBA, does a great job, has done a great My job. My guy, Mark Spears. He's, he's a good man. He wrote an article today and has it posted on James Jones and the credit he should be receiving. Without for, a doubt. For all this. So you talk about the, you know, the love, again, to, to know the mechanics of how Monty Williams ended up there. You know, James Jones was a big part of that. There's no doubt. And um, Even James Jones getting the job. James Jones getting the job, and whatever else you want to say about Robert Sarver. He made that right decision. And he got out of the way a little bit. Yes, he did. Yeah. So um, check it out. Mark it's exciting. Spears, Mark J. Spears on Twitter. It's a good article. Just posted it about six hours ago. I'm going to ask you this, Mike. If they win, if they pull this thing off and they win two more games and they are crowned world champions. Not if, when. Not if, when. You going to the parade? No. <laughs> no? That's a great question. <laughs> I, you know, I think we have a Twitter question uh, coming a, up after the show. That is a great question. Because you know, my initial reaction was... Are you going, Sean? My initial reaction was exactly like Gross. Nah, I'm good on that, right? Like, I'm not big on parades. But, dude, I've spent over half my life working for that team. And you're not going to go to I the parade? I almost feel like I, I should, right? <laughs> I've been a fan since I could pick up a ball. You going? And I spent over half my life working I think for I would go. As a guy that, that wanted to always be on the other side of that parade, on I that think I would go out of respect. Reddick. When did it, logistically in Phoenix, Arizona, and in that's going to be hot. That's when, be hot. When do you run, how do you run a parade? Like if you're in charge, hey Bertram, we just we we won the championship. You're not getting around the heat. CP3 is going to Disneyland. You're planning the parade. Who put together the first one when we didn't win it? I'm going to find. Well, that, that was out. different too. But that was when. That was, but it's still putting it together. No, it is putting it together. People out there. But the, the the July factor is different than I don't know when June. that was. It was June, May or June. June. Yeah. June. Yeah. Do we like NBA after the 4th of July? I do. If you're, if you're on the Board of Governors, do you push the season out? Yes. No. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I, I think even though we are bored to tears in that month, I think it gives you an opportunity to cool the Jets. Because we're, we're going to be tired. As fans, as sports fans, we're going to be tired. Do you think we need that time off? You need that I'll, time I'll off. I'll because, buy that. Because you, you, you think about it, like we're, we're going to be amped. All the way up until, what, the 20th or whatever when they, this thing gets crowned? Or at least the 15th, middle yeah, of the month? Right. right. So then the very next week you start training camps. And now you're getting ripped up again for the Arizona card. You don't have any downtime. You don't have any time to gather yourself and, and just, just breathe for a second. I mean, as much as we, you know, complain about, man, there's nothing on TV in July, you, you kind of need that. To, to your I, point, Bertrand, the, the NBA doing what the NBA does, right? Huh. Game last night here in Phoenix, three days off. Play Sunday, Sunday in Milwaukee. Right. And then they're still in Milwaukee. Wednesday. Three more days off. Yeah. And then if, if uh, game five is necessary, not till Saturday back here in Denver. Which is what, what day? Uh, Denver? We're, Where we're, the hell am we're, I? We're Phoenix. 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 What, what date is that? <laughs> that? That's July 17th. And that's, 17th. that would be a game five. Right. And then I'm sure they've got it planned out. I just don't have it in front of me. Denver. How did I get Denver on the plane? I don't know. Well, we've been talking about Denver Broncos Denver's and like, all yeah, that kind of stuff. Come but on. I think you're right. You know, because I always look at that V-Train as, an, as I like as, it. I'm with you. Like, I, I, you know, like, I, you know, let's keep it going. Because the one thing the NFL has always done right 
is the fact that they, they basically fill every month of the calendar, right? Except for this one. Uh, and so I thought, you know, my, my initial reaction is, okay, fill my sports calendar for me. And if you're the NBA, uh, the less you overlap the NFL, the mm -hmm. probably the better for you. So if you can move it back yeah. to a December start. Mm -hmm. You know, for instance, there was a season, what, four or five years ago? Maybe it's more than that now. What was it, six years ago when the season didn't start until December because of a lockout? Yep. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and I was working for the team at the time. I mean, so that cost me money. But, in, you know, if I was being real with it, I was like, this feels about right. You know, mm -hmm. and then we started roughly the same this year, too. And it's like, yeah. this I, I like, feels about right. I like the late start. If, if I was in charge, if they asked me my vote, I would say go with the late start. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But there's 20, how many other cities? Like, if you're, if you're a fan of fill in the blank that's not named Milwaukee or Phoenix. Oh, there's 28 of them. Yeah. You're interested, yeah. <laughs> but you're not invested the same way. That's sure. sure. So I think for a, from a product standpoint to, to put it up there and have it have the spotlight, I love it. I don't feel the same way about the NHL because uh, you got planted on ice. <laughs> Shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning winning By the, the way, second consecutive. Back to back, and uh, sorry, sorry for you, Canada. Lightning um, strikes twice. There you go. Yeah. But, you know, trying to do, uh, you know, be the guy at the arena in Tampa in charge of creating the ice when it's you know 95 degrees and 82 percent humidity yeah i think it impacts the quality of play <laughs> from time to time i remember when it was here yep you know th that you know when they went all the way to the western conference finals the ice was a big question and that's a relatively new building so not for the nhl but i love it for the nba here's the thing too when i go back to the nfl go back 20 years september 11 which was was a tragic day in american history the nfl came by that schedule on by by mistake That's like backwards yeah i mean like they they fell into a great idea yeah push everything back and let's go into the first week in february because remember all super bowls used to be the last january, january. Yeah. last sunday in january yeah. Yeah. and that it was that way forever and then all of a sudden you had the tragedy everything had to get pushed back and now they found that that's a great thing i don't know if you can capture that same magic for the nba yeah. it, it, it's 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 that's one of those fine lines that I don't know if, if July basketball is going to always sell. And I agree. And it, we all know we can sit here and give our opinion. And, and you know, the, the bottom line, the decider will be TV. TV will decide when they play. Because if, the if, if they can go to the owners and say, look at this, and they've put the graphs up on the Absolutely. Yeah, that will be the deciding factor. I, I just came up with a new segment. Uh-oh. And, I mean, it just came to me. I mean, it was really one of those. Just, the way you said it, Mike. We can call it just my opinion. Just my opinion, blank. Blank. I, I think we need to, th at some point we're going to have to implement that because we all have strong opinions about certain things and we don't always agree as we continue to banner we and talk about. We don't always agree. I'm always right. And we don't always agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to somebody today. I was talking to somebody today at the day job about Apple. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> hey, I, said, I said, A, our friend Sean had his first apple fritter ever, uh, forever, right. and he loved it. That's yeah. right. And I said, is this really as bad as people want to make it out to be? Because there's a whole apple. And she goes, they chop up the apple, they roll it in sugar and deep fry it. You think about it. Why did she like, got to ruin it for us? Because <laughs> that's one thing on this show we do agree on. That apple fritter was a she money. Did, that, that, that didn't ruin it for me. I'm, I'm still all about apple You fritters. know what else is funny? I see Bosa Donuts now everywhere. And every time I see one, I'm like, I got to pull in and get another yeah. fritter. I, I mean, come on. So You're like good. one of your dogs. You're like got your nose pressed up against <laughs> the glass. Against the window, man. Oh, my open, Lord. It was good. Open, open. All right. On the other side, we'll jump into some <laughs> NFL news and notes. That's coming up. Train and Gross. Train and Gross. I said when we got out that we're going to mm. talk NFL, but there's a little bit of a bridge. Yep. 
a rare component, case. Component to a this. rare case, yes. And uh, I'll give Sean Crespin credit for this because he's the first one that I saw put it out there on social media. I was just joking. Well, it's serious now, man. Yeah. If the uh, Phoenix Suns win, not if, when the Phoenix Suns win the NBA championship, mm-hmm. everybody gets a ring. Players, of course. Of course. Front office. Trainers. Trainers. Yeah. Support personnel. Assistant coaches. Assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I go get the media guy to listen. I got, I got a ring doing music for the Mercury. They gave me a ring. Where's that ring? Did they really? Yeah, I got two of them. It's at the house. Really? Yeah. We got to bring those in. I didn't know that. Only Come damn, on, man. Only, only damn team that ever got me a championship. How did I not know wow. this? <laughs> yeah, this is like the best kept that? secret. No, I never yeah. told. Yeah, at the Come house. on. At well, the so Sean will. To uh, that point. No, let yeah. me put it this way. Everybody gets in. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald may join Sean Crespin in, having, in that company and having yeah. a championship ring. Not with the, the Arizona Phoenix Cardinals. Not, and not with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. How do we feel about that? Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak for an at, from an athlete standpoint. Right. I'm going to feel some kind of way, and it's not going to be positive. Right. Because, one, yes, you, you like to see your money make money. Right. And that's, that's always going to be good because that's a great investment. He invested his money into the, to the Suns. That investment is, is paying dividends right now. Yep. But when you don't have that one thing that you want more than anything in the world, nothing is going to come close to that. Right. And, yes, it's going to be great to be part of – an organization that won a championship, but nobody's going to say it was because of Larry. Now, the thing that is so great, so great about Larry is when he had a chance to try to win a ring on the football field, Larry did everything that he could to help this team win a There's championship no ring. About that. So he doesn't have to worry about the what ifs and, and if yeah. I could have done more. Larry did all he could have in order for us to try to get that ring. So he can put his head on the pillow and sleep very well at night. Yeah knowing that he did all he could. No, I think that's still though, it's not going to feel the same as having one as a player on the field. No, I agree with that. You know, and uh, you know, uh, I'll be happy for him because that means the team won. Absolutely. Um, great business. Investment. A great business decision. Yeah. Uh, a smart move by Robert Sarver to bring in somebody who's uh, beloved and, and take some of the spotlight off of Robert Sarver. Yeah. Because I remember when they st- first started playing games, uh, if you recall, when they couldn't have fans or many fans in the yes, arena, yes. the pictures out of the arena were Larry Fitzgerald sitting yes. courtside. With his son. Right? Mm-hmm. So Larry Fitzgerald courtside at the Suns game in a partially empty or mostly empty arena. Yep. B- brilliant. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, but good for him. Which brings us, I think, to where we want to go with this. And Sean brought it up before we started recording. We don't know what Larry Fitzgerald's future is. No, I mean, we, we think we know. It's July and there's been no news. So you assume you know. But Sean Crespin, you shared before the show. Yeah, that he, he was on Pro Football. He's out there at the uh, the uh, Tahoe Celebrity Golf Tournament going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. He was on Pro Football Focus, and obviously that's the question that comes up. You know, what what, what, are, you, what are you doing, Larry? Are you going to play 18th, 18th season or not? He said he still has not made up his mind. He said training camp starts next week. Mm-hmm. The NFL is in for another exciting. He's excited for another NFL season, uh, just in general but has not made up his mind in terms of what he's doing yet. And here we are, just, what, a week and some change away from training camp. So A week from the actual first training camp, so from the, the, mm-hmm. the teams that are going to be playing in the Hall of Fame game. But I wanted to kind of segue to there's another topic that, that, of course, is never going away, but the other partial owner of the Milwaukee Bucks happens to be one Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about two guys that are – they've got their own day job, but then they could actually yeah. be on the, 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 the winning side of, of, of a championship, you know, by investing their money wisely. Yeah. 
and he's kind of made his own headlines here recently. Yeah, we'll get into that in just a second. No I, doubt. I, I just go back to the Fitz not making his decision. A friend of mine at work at the day job, he sent me, and we were going back and forth on IM at work, saying, mm-hmm. what's up with Fitz, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Talking. He said, hasn't decided. He said, how much was his, con- what is his agreement with, and again, we all know this, it's not with the general manager, it's with the owner. What's the agreement? He how goes to the house and signs it. How much does Larry Fitzgerald make a year? 11 million. I just looked it up. Cardinals have just under $11 million of available cap. It's like hmm. $8,000 under the cap right now. Wow. So if you, I don't know, you cut a ball boy and you're at $11 million. <laughs> ball boy. You're, at, you're at $11 million and you yeah, can yeah. give Fitz that contract worth $11 million you if, if you so choose. But here's the thing, and here's the, here's the question that a lot of people don't want to have to talk about. I love Larry. He was a teammate. He's a brother. He's a friend. Larry Fitzgerald's not worth $11 million right now. No, he's not. Not it's on hard, the field. It's hard for me to say. Yeah. Because I love him. Yeah. But in all practicality, he's not worth that. I know. I totally agree with you. If you look at what this team needs, and I think and this is going to launch us into our next part of this conversation, hmm. that, you know, would, do you want Larry Fitzgerald back because of Larry Fitzgerald? Of course. Do you want Larry Fitzgerald back at $11 million per year, or could you do something more productive with that $11 million if you're the Arizona Cardinals? But, Mike, here's the thing. Do you really want Larry Fitzgerald because of Larry Fitzgerald? Because the thing that I see, and, again, I don't like talking bad about my brother because he's the only holdover that I had from yeah. my time as a player. Larry doesn't fit this system. I get it, but we've talked about he, this. Mike, he was a healthy scratch at the end of the season. Understood. Healthy scratch. If, if Larry Fitzgerald drives into Michael Bidwell's driveway when he gets back from the golf tournament and says, Mike, I'm good to go. Does Michael Bidwell tell him no? He might not tell him no, but he can't tell him $11 million, yes. I'd love, uh, so many conversations I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I, I, I know. And I, I think we're all in agreement. Yeah. I mean, you look at the productivity, and, and again, because I think we're all in agreement that regardless of what we're seeing from some of the national writers about this team, this is a flawed team that still has some holes that need to be filled, and Larry Fitzgerald doesn't fill the Mike, holes. Mike, you can't be $11 million in your third option at best. Agreed. You can't. Totally agree. There's no position on that team where you can make $11 million and be the third option. And right. you've talked about this, but I'm going to ask you again real quickly Go before ahead. we move on. How hard is that for a player to understand? Uh, you it's you not. were really clear. You knew when it was time to walk away. Yes, I did. But that's not always the case. That's not always the case. But I think for Larry, if they're going to give it to me, I'm going to take it. Yeah, you're not going to turn it down. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you know, let me do what's best for the team. So and I'm Mr. not going to take Mr. this $11 Michael million. Michael Bidwell slides the $11 million contract across the table, and Larry goes, damn, Mike, let's do six and a half and call good. Uh, that's a, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, because if he slides that over, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to be like, and reach get it back into over the briefcase there. and get that old stand <laughs> <laughs> it back. Yeah, get the LF11. <laughs> you know, I just stamp it right there. All right, see you later. Yeah, that's right. They get, you get good to doing business with you. No, I get it. I get it. And he was targeted 72 times last year. Targeted. Had 54 receptions, 409 yards. Uh, okay, just so the one, let, let's, the one just, let's just look at this realistically. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, yep. A.J. Green, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk. Maybe. Christian Kirk. You just drafted two. In the second round, you got one, too. You still got Andy Isabella, who was another second-round guy. <laughs> All these guys under 5'10", by the way. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> um, 
you can't bring that guy back for $11 million and make that make sense to the rest of the team. Because and now, that's it, right. You talk about that all the time. Yes. Because nobody's going to say anything to Larry Fitzgerald in that locker room. No. But in the back of your mind, if you're one of the – how many people are on the roster this year? I need to change 53. Yeah. But there's more practice-wise. All right, so 53-man yeah. roster. Sure. And one of those 53 is Larry Fitzgerald at $11 million. And you're walking around that locker room. You won't say it to his face, but in your mind, you know. Well, and who's already having feelings roughly like that? Walking around that locker room on the defensive side of Chandler the Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, according to reports. I mean, you know, we're not in the locker room. I, I, I don't, you know what? I don't buy that about I Chandler. I don't either. Here, here's my thing. When you're a vet, do you really need OTAs? Hell no. Chandler's in great shape. If you follow him on Twitter, and I recommend you guys follow him on Twitter, the man's working his ass off. And he, right, what was the he'll tweet? be ready. He what was, and he what was the tweet about this weekend? Or this week? Off to better things. He's going on vacation. I see. Good and, for him. And he, rolled yeah. in, and he rolled into Cardinals headquarters to do a photo shoot for with J.J. Watt. Yeah. Like, you know, they put it out there, the two of them, you know, doing what they do. 55 and 99 equals trouble for the NFL. I mean, well, come on. Does, okay, a Chandler, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt needed to be there for OTAs because he's a new presence. Familiarize yeah. yourself. He got, he's yeah. got to be a leader. He's got to be a guy that sets the tone. Hey, this is what I bring to the table. Yep. Chandler Jones has the two most productive seasons as far as sacking the quarterback in franchise history. He has nothing to prove in walkthroughs, which is what OTAs are basically with a helmet on. What about camp You, next you week? don't do anything. No, he'll be at camp. But he doesn't have to do anything before the end of July to prove that he's going to be ready for the 2021 season. Yeah, if J.J. Watt needed to find out where his locker was, where the where, wherever, you know, where the, who do, yeah, where who, to eat lunch. And training who, table. That's why he needed to be yeah, there. Yeah, he, he had to befriend all of the people who work, you yeah. know, the custodians and yeah, everything. Exactly. I mean, you know, he, he, he's got to, you know, establish that and, and, and slide him a few dollars. You know, the guy that's going to park his car, all that kind of good stuff. You know, you, you got to establish where you what the roles are. That's a pit. That's did, a you have a guy, did, did you have a guy? I mean, I can be that guy. No, I didn't have a guy. But I mean, you know, things are a little different over there since when I played. Oh, I mean, okay. remember, I, it was 12 years ago when I called it a day. Still didn't see so that long. things are a little things are a little different over at the facility. Talking about the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> the the three of us have talked a lot about this. That uh, we're of the opinion that some of the national writers, anyway, mm. kind of over overemphasizing this team or over giving them too much credit. Too much credit. Too much hype. I mean, we, we quoted an ESPN Overhyped. article that said, here's a team that's right on the cusp. You know, they're the next level going into the, uh, to the Super Bowl conversation. Uh-huh. This week, CBS Sports came out a list with their, they rank ordered the 1 through 32, the coaches in the National Football League. The top of the list is essentially uh, what you would expect. There you uh, go. Andy Reid, number one. Bill Belichick, number two. Mm-hmm. The trio of Sean's right there in the middle. We, I think we all agree, but I don't want to speak for either one of you two. They had Mike Tomlin at 10, which was way too Ridiculous. low for me. It's Ridiculous. a travesty. And then you kind of had the, the, you know, like I like to call these lists, the meaty middle guys that, you know, mm. they're, they're there, but they maybe haven't established themselves. And I'm looking at the bottom third. Be careful on the meaty, though. I got you. I'm looking at the bottom third. <laughs> and they had our guy Cliff Kingsbury at number 22. Mm. So I, I did this beforehand, and sometimes it's not a good idea to do this uh, because you should element of surprise yeah but if uh, i want to look at 21 22 23 okay if you're starting an nfl franchise yep. and you have a, your choice between cliff kingsbury and mike mccarthy who are you taking taking the guy with the ring i'm with you proven cbs sports has mike mccarthy ranked behind cliff kingsbury and essentially they go down and say look yeah he's done some good stuff but it's all aaron Rodgers' responsibility what he got done at green bay and if you don't believe us look at this he's 16 and 20 16 and 26 since 2017. Okay, first of all. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, it's not fair because, one, he took over a team that is 
uh, synonymous with losing here in recent history with the Dallas Cowboys. So right. that wasn't going to hurt. That wasn't going to help the resume. And if you're going to do that with Mike McCarthy and, and Aaron Rodgers, then how do you separate credit for the Patriots dynasty? Yeah, exactly. You give more credit for Tom Brady than you do Bill Belichick? Because I gave Bill Belichick number two on the list. There you go. And you also have Tom Brady as number one athlete, football athlete of all time. So somehow, some way, both those guys seem to get credit, but then you can't do that for another team and another coach? The other one I'll ask, and I do this just to pick on Sean Crespin, is if you had your choice between Cliff Kingsbury and John Gruden, who you taking? Taking John mm-hmm. Gruden. Super Bowl ring. What a stupid question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Super Bowl ring, baby. John Gruden, 20. Cliff Kingsbury, 22 on this list. And mm-hmm. I, if, if people are being overly fair to the Arizona Cardinals, uh-huh. I think they're being overly harsh to the Raiders lately. I, I don't know. Uh, and because, again, they come in and they bury – John Gruden for well, what he hasn't done since he took over the Raiders. Offensively, they, they mean they're a top-ten offense last year, and that's his expertise. But ultimately, you're the head coach, man, so when you have to fire your defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, who you brought over from Cincinnati, and he's one of your boys, that's on you. When your defense has given up historic numbers like they were last year, you're the head coach, you're calling the shots, that's on you. So yeah. he does deserve some criticism. Well, and, they, and they said that. They said... If he had less roster control, he might be more effective exactly as a coach. Exactly right. So that's it. The other thing that I noticed is, man, no love for the new coaches and some of the, some of the loco ones. I mean, you'll agree with this. They had uh, Urban Meyer uh, in the bottom five. And uh, I don't know, the new guy at Detroit. He's done that to himself. The new guy at Detroit. Dan man, Campbell? Dan Campbell. Oh, my God. I played against Dan Campbell. And? Uh, he's a little nuts. <laughs> and, and listening to some of his press conferences. He was talking about biting people. He, uh, some of the things just don't – they're not becoming – of an NFL head coach. The first, uh, the first line in their write-up is, we have little doubt that he'll bring energy to the Detroit Lions. Yes. Yeah. All right, real, real, real quickly before we move on to our last NFL. 1-32, to 32, all these coaches, you're starting your NFL franchise. You can take any one of these 32 coaches to, uh, to start your franchise as the head coach. Who are you taking? Irrespective of the players, like, to that argument about Mike McCarthy was made because of Aaron Rodgers. Okay, if I can have my, if I can have both, if I can have wins and I can have an enjoyable experience, I'm gonna have to go with Mike Tomlin. John Crespin, who you taking? Well, since he took Tomlin, and Tomlin's one of my favorite coaches in the league, it's hard to say this because the colors he wears right now, but I think Andy Reid is about as good as they come too. I mean, yeah. he's, he uh, yeah. he he did win an awful lot of games in Philly too before he found took him to a Super Bowl. Took him to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which is a couple of plays away from winning that damn thing. Even four NFC Championship games. Four NFC Championship games. Look what he's done in Kansas City. Uh, Five he, NFC Championship. He games. just wins. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and obviously he can groom young players. Look what he's doing with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, for me, Andy Reid's about as good as it gets. You know, people don't put enough respect on Andy Reid's name. I agree. He's been to now eight yeah conference championship games as a head coach. Well, the other thing, too, about Andy Reid, he strikes me as a guy who you'd like to hang out with when he's not doing, like, game planning or whatever. Just the shirts alone let you know right? he's kind of a cool guy. Because you know, yeah. some of these coaches. The Tony Bahama shirts. Yeah. Like, if I were to say Bill Belichick, like, mm. people would agree with me that he'd be a good guy to coach my team. Yeah, but, but you, you wouldn't want to hang out with him. No, you wouldn't want to hang out with him. I could see myself saying, hey, coach, good game. Let's go grab a beer afterwards or But whatever. you know what, though? A lot of that's overblown, too, because I think I that's a persona. It's, a, and it's what you see from the it public. Is. on. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if you guys saw. I'm a huge fan of all the football lives and NFL features. I think they just do sure. a tremendous job, NFL films. But he actually allowed them to follow him for an entire year. Uh, it was called the Patriot Way or something. Okay. 
completely different dude during that entire year on those cameras than what we get at the press conferences. I, I, I it's all by design. It he, is a lot of a persona, like you guys are yeah. saying. He's not that stuffy in real life. Yeah, exactly. He's right. really not. But and, still, I, I think I take if I'm building a roster or expansion team, building it from, from yeah. the ground up. I think Andy Reid's my guy. I think I'm going Mike Tomlin. I'm going and Mike Tomlin. Can't Tom. go wrong with that either. I think at the risk of being a copycat, but it was my yeah. damn question. I'll go Mike Tomlin as well. You know, and and, and for me to go question. and for me to go Mike Tomlin, you know, that's I really like the guy because he's the source of my biggest pain. Yeah, you know, he as is. far as yeah. you know, my professional. Career. All right, real quick before we jump out of here, uh, what do we make of Nikhil Harry's situation? I was glad you asked that. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask B Train his thoughts on that. Being a guy that played in the league, here's somebody who has talent but has never shown it on the pro level for whatever reason. If you want to blame the franchise he wound up on and the offenses that have that they've had the last couple of years whatever it is his own injuries whatever it is for your agent to go just flat out on twitter and make that public to me was a little bit off base weak sauce thank it, you it was weak sauce uh if, at some point you've got to show why you want out of there they have no they have nothing to go on as far as why you think you deserve to be somewhere else like where you would be a, a great option just mm-hmm. because you're big and you're strong and once upon a time you caught some passes in college your pro career has shown nothing, nothing. to garner any kind of attention that you would make a splash if you, if another team were to trade for and you. as you would expect when a story like this comes out in july it's like sharks with blood in the water right yeah. the, the media is all over it and why would they, you wait so long you knew you didn't want to be there in january yeah and the nfl writers are out there and they're like hey i did my homework i'm doing this a six-round conditional pick, and B, you know, buried in this thing is he's only going to be a fit in a certain type of offense. If you want Nikhil Harry to come in and run a precision route in a fast-paced offense, he's not your guy. So right there, you limit, you know, the teams that, that would be interested in you. Six months too late and not enough competitive juice. If you, if you, if you can't go there and try to win, all you got to do is look at your quarterback from last year. Cam Newton is fighting for his job. Yeah. Go fight for your job. Go fight because if you fight and you get it, you're going to feel like a million dollars. You're going to feel like you've earned it, and it's going to change your whole trajectory yeah. as far as your career is concerned. You, 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 you whimper out and you want to go somewhere else because it wasn't just giving it to you. you. You come off weak sauce, man. Yeah, I agree. We'll keep an eye on that one. All right, we'll step aside one more time, come back, some news and notes we want to get to, and still to come in our final segment, Pump the Breaks and Dad Jokes. You're listening to Train and Gross. Train and Gross. Oh. Welcome back in Train and Gross. I don't know if I mentioned it, but please give us a follow on Twitter at Train and Gross. That's easy. There you go. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. On YouTube now, Sean Creston. Just do it. I like it. Just hey, do it. Um, yeah, we talk a lot about, and you know, I know you wanted to throw. We probably should have done the last segment, but you mm. wanted to give your your annual warning to uh, NFL players who got mm. time on their hands. But mm. Trevor Bauer. Yeah, and talk about time on his hands, right? <laughs> you look at Trevor Bauer, and I look at I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of dissect this story two ways. One, you've got the Trevor Bauer component, but two, and to me, maybe even more disturbing or disappointing because there's always going to be idiots out there, right? Sure. And, and you know, um, you know, I don't know that anybody's going to excuse or condone or whatever. But we'll get back to Trevor Bauer in a minute. But Major League Baseball, Los Angeles Dodgers, mm-hmm. when this story first came out that Trevor Bauer had roughed up a woman. And, and there's, there's always two sides to the story. Sure. There's text messages, all this. But yep. Yep. in 2021, if you're mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, if you're the L.A. Dodgers, how tone deaf can you be when your initial response is, well, you know, we've heard about it, but we're going to wait, and he's traveling with the team to Washington, and we'll make his scheduled start. Wow. That was the first message that you got. 
And again, in 2021, Can't I don't do understand it. how that happens Can't anymore. Can't, Can't happen. Do nope. I, I just. It, it's wrong. It's wrong. Dead I, wrong. I mean, that's where the NFL, you know, it came out of them not being proactive and all. But, you know, they, they created the commissioner's exempt list. And it's used for things like this. Like but they, that came from mistakes, too. And that's what I'm saying. It came out of not being proactive and, and their own issues. But the commissioner's exempt list now allows you to, hey, you're not suspended. You're still getting paid. We're just going to remove you from everything going on right now so we can figure this out. Hello, Deshaun Watts. Yeah. yeah so yes. we can figure this out. We're going to put you on the commissioner's exempt list. It's not an indictment to you. Mm-hmm. You're getting paid. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not suspended. We're just going to figure this out. You just come over here with us. You know, and again, and that's, that's what they need. It's perfect for that. And, and again, this is, this is very similar, although the numbers aren't there, but very similar to the Deshaun Watson situation where after the fact, a woman alleges that he was too rough with her and sexual assault, et cetera. Right. And then she took out a restraining order on her, which was kind of the thing that kicked this into high gear. Yeah. I, I should say she took out a restraining order against yes, him. him. Yes. But his attorney's like, hey, we got text messages when she, you know, kind of mm. said what she wanted and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, but again, I, I agree with you, Sean. You, as, a, as a sports league in 2021 or a business in 2021 even, you've got to be smarter than that. You, got, you know, and now, that, now they, anything they do, people are going to look at cynically. And in this ESPN article I'm re- reading right now uh, from Jeff Passan, like, he puts it in there and it's almost as a comic relief, even though it's not that type of story saying, oh, by the way, the Dodgers canceled the Trevor Bauer bobblehead night at the stadium that was scheduled for later this year. Mm. Uh, anything you do at this point, you can't recover from that. Yeah, yeah. you come off as tone deaf, Mike, and, and in today's society, that is just not an, that's not an option. You you can't afford to be tone deaf. You have to be able to to read the room and and understand that those type of situations have to be handled in a certain way. And if mm-hmm. you don't handle them the, handle them the right way at the beginning, no matter what you do proactive after that you're still going to be crucified for the fact that you mishandled it right out of the gate as opposed to using some sort of tact and just saying, hey, say very little and, and try to say, well, we're going to look into it, you know, to, to try to blame deflect and all those type of things. It's never going to be a great message. The other, the other story, again, this one in the world of football, and we touched on this a week ago, but the story continues to uh, develop and evolve formally hmm. uh, charged with felony possession of assault weapon. Frank Clark faces up to three years in prison. And, you know, again, this is not – there's so many levels you could look at It's a at bad this, look, Mike. But, you know, here's a guy that – this is not a first time. This is no. not – and it's not a random thing. No. Because you know, I think initially when the story came out, the thought was, man, this is random. How did, you know, how did they pick him? How did they know? But when you get pulled over for whatever, you know, they know who you are. They know what you've – They know what you've so, done. And they know what you've done. Yep. And, again, when you think about – Reasonable cause. Your livelihood. Yep. And the people that depend on you yep. and your livelihood, yep. you put all that at risk. Yep. You put all of that at risk. He's got a, in the front seat of his car an Uzi in an open duffel bag during a routine traffic stop in the city of Los Angeles. Mike, I, if, if it were he was going through uh, the TSA or, or at the airport and he forgot his gun and he, he always has a gun with him, I, I carry a gun with me, Mike. So... That is something that is reasonable, and, and that could be explained away. But when this is your third charge, this is something that you've done, and this is what you continue to do, it's hard to have sympathy for you. Yeah. I, I just, I, it's hard for me to feel any kind of sympathy for my man Frank. And I hate to say that because I hate going against my fellow brethren in the NFL, but 
at some point you have to be able to be smart enough. You have a responsibility to yourself and your family. As I said, I'm sure I don't know his situation, you know, significant other, children. Whatever. It ain't that bad that you need an Uzi in the front seat. Right. And if the, after your previous two convictions means that you, you're, you can't have an Uzi. Put it under the seat. Put it in the trunk. <laughs> put, put it somewhere trunk. else. Don't put it in the front like, you know, like you, you need ready access to it. And we talk about, you know, all, all the time now, right? And, and you know, the, the professional sports, it's a business. You're an independent contractor. Don't be that guy. The stakes, I'm reading right from the article, the stakes are high for both Clark and the Chiefs. Yes. If he lands on the paid leave list and it's not resolved before the end of the 2021 season, the Chiefs will pay him $18.5 million to not play football. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Do mm. If it is resolved, he doesn't get his money. And the Chiefs still take a hit. Mm. But so, it, you know. It's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose. Yeah. I, I don't Just know. don't be that guy. Just make smart decisions. That, that doesn't sound like a very did smart Did you decision. ever have a teammate, and obviously don't name names, but did you ever, did you ever have a teammate where you knew, yeah, that dude's going to be that guy? Yes. College and pro. Like you just knew this time of year is going to roll around. They're going to have too much downtime without enough people around them, supporting staff, and you're like, that's going to be the guy. I had guys when it, it, whenever we were, no matter what time it was, he was going to be that guy. If something came up and his name was in it, yep, okay, makes sense. Ain't going to be good. <laughs> that's that dude. <laughs> He's, that's that guy. It, it, some some personalities just lend themselves <laughs> to certain behavior. I mean, I. You just call it how you see it, and, uh, you know. But, yeah, there, there was always those guys that you had to pay a little extra attention to once you let and out think, of the OTAs. And I think we've all had those stuff. friends, too, in our life, right? Like, they're great friends, but you're like, yeah, that yeah dude, I, I, I can't spend every day with this no, guy. No, you got to pick and choose your battles. Right. Saw that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> all right, meanwhile, Arizona Diamondbacks, 25-64, and 64, 30 mm. and a half games out of first place mm. as they have a three-game weekend series starting tonight against the Los Angeles Dodgers as they get ready for the all-star break. Yeah. Is there another team that's more happy that the Suns are doing what they're doing? Yeah. Uh, well, I, to me, it's a toss-up between the Diamondbacks and ASU, and ASU football. Yeah, but, man, this is just not going right. Um, and, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, whose town is it, you know, the, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, they played across the street. And they've got the only championship. Going, right. They've got the only – but I'm talking about right now. Yeah. They played across the street – and nobody cared. Crickets. Nobody cared. To the point where they moved the uh, July 17 Cubs game from, an, from a 6 o'clock start, 6.40 start or whatever it is, to like a middle of the day game because they know that's going to be game five for the Suns if they go to game yeah. five. Yeah. And there's nobody going to be at their game. Nobody. And worse, even, maybe even worse off, they clinch. if the Suns win it, yeah. now you got this party going on around you. Like, yeah, it was a smart and, move. And, and uh, just to build, I'm glad you said that. They're advertising the fact that the Chicago Cubs are coming to town. And usually in this town when the Cardinals come in, and we know it from football, but the teams in baseball are the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers, and the Giants. Yep. When those teams come or to Yankees. town, well, the, the, the rare time the Yankees or the Red Sox come in, yep. you know that it's going to be a majority Cubs fan. Sure. And so the Cubs fans are even like, <laughs> well, no, so we're going to advertise the <laughs> fact that the – I don't think this team over the years has ever had to spend money to advertise the fact that the Chicago Cubs are coming in to play a baseball game. But, hey, Mike, when you, you don't have a great product out on the field, then you've got to spend the money somehow, some way. If you're not going to spend it on the players, you're going to spend it in advertising. That's just the way that it goes. All right, last story. Let's end it on a happy note. All right. Did you guys see the Spelling Bee champion the other night? I've yes. seen the story. I did not see the word 
I didn't. I don't have any or idea. Any I don't even. Know, I was gonna ask you guys how to spell it. No, I can't say it. What so is I can it? ask you. To I spell. can't say it. <laughs> I mean, I can say it. I don't know how to pronounce it. All right. M u r r a y a. Her name is Zalia Avant Garde. She's 14 year old from New Orleans. First time that you've ever had a winner from New Orleans. But here's the thing. And first black American. For, well, there's to win. The, I was there's gonna that. get to that, but I. My wife's a teacher. Yes. Heaven help me. Sometimes I have like disparaging comments about spelling bee winners. <laughs> like you ever see like the, 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 the caricature type person, the homeschool kid that A Yes. S T U V Yeah Yeah. Uh-huh. The nice thing is this uh-huh. it's true. <laughs> and I said I've seen it. They've had they've had that on ESPN. I've all seen all the that. time. This young lady, I, that, that young lady, a couple years ago. Yes. And I turned to Karen and I go, homeschooled. She goes, homeschooled. And then on the bottom, it has her name, homeschooled. Homeschooled. Yes. Yeah. But the other thing about this young lady, <laughs> uh, not only is she obviously a hell of a speller, tremendous basketball player. She's got like Guinness World Book records. Yeah, three. She's got three, three Guinness yes. World Book records. Yeah. And have you seen some of her ball handling? Yes. Mike, she's unbelievable. The videos of her ball handling are almost as impressive as her standing there with that bright spotlight on her and everybody watching her spell M-U-R-R-A-Y-A. I got to look that up. And the joy on her, and the joy that she exuded. The look on her face? Yeah, I mean, it's priceless, Mike. But Mike, I'm telling you, like, you got to go back and see because if you go to Instagram somewhere, they've got got videos of her in actual games. Mike, she is a problem. Like, she is not going to be somebody that, that anybody wants to see because <laughs> she is crossing people up no. left and right. Google her name. Now, the videos are getting hit. The, they've been out there, but now that she won the spelling bee, yeah. they're bumping up, and you're going to be able to find them. She's going to be like that Sean Burroughs kid. Remember him when he played in the Little League World Series, hit a home run the world? Then he, got, uh, he was the first-round yeah. first yeah. draft pick of uh, uh. maybe the Padres or something like that. Uh. That's that type of story. Like, remember him when he was 13? Yeah. Now he's the first-round draft pick in Major League Baseball. Oh, remember her when she yeah. was 14? Yeah. You know, she's playing in the WNBA and curing cancer on the weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, she can can spell all the different cancers that are out there. But the thing about it is, Mike, I'm telling you, if I'm Gino Oriema or if if I'm Neil Ivey, the the head basketball coach at Notre Dame, I've already put out a a, a little filler for her parents and be like, hey, look, uh, when she's ready, we'd love to have her. You know how it works. AAU basketball, friend to a friend to a friend. Connecticut's interested. Notre this, Dame this one, better be interested. This one's got Stanford written all over it. Sorry. Notre Dame. Stanford. Notre Dame. Go Irish. <laughs> Tired of Stanford. Tired of UConn getting all the best players. No, had enough. Isn't nope. that true? I don't – again, I'm the father of two daughters, both who p- competed collegiately in sports. Uh-huh. Not loving college, women's college. Just no reason. Just never – I was actively rooting against Connecticut in the t- – yeah. This year just because they, they win everything. The evil empire. Right? You know? Yeah. And they, they, they become Look that. Look at you lose again. They I'm become so that program. Yes. It's like when I was a kid and Notre Dame was on TV. Oh, man. Easy. <laughs> Easy. You know what I always say? You guys say. used to cheer, win every year. Cheer, cheer my. Yeah, there you go. Smiley face. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I just think with, with her, one, it's a great story. Yep. In and of itself, I mean, to win the spelling bee, it's impressive. I don't care, homeschool, public school, private school, whatever. If you can go out there and you can spell most of the words that are in a, in a dictionary, that's impressive. But then if you've got handles and you've done all these things before your 15th birthday, uh, you're going places. You need to know that name 
write it down, take a picture of it, screenshot it, because you're going to hear that name Absolutely. a lot in the future. I just pray that the people that are around her give her that, that cocoon of protection to allow her to blossom and grow in the way that she's supposed to. 14 now, so four or five years we'll be hearing about where she's... Uh, about three years, Mike. ...taking her talents and, uh, and, uh, and uh, doing good things. She'd be one of those that could probably reclassify up, like, you know, kind of like... Uh, What's my man that was here uh, that went to Duke? Um, uh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Bagley. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley. Third. Third. Yeah, yes. absolutely. All right. It's all been a buildup. Yeah, next buddy. Next segment coming up. Pump Come the breaks and dad jokes. That's on Training Groves. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. All right. Before we do this, though, I got, I got to close the loop. Okay. Spelling bee. Yeah. M U R R A Y A is Miria. Miria. Can I get the, uh, can I use it in a sentence, please? Uh, yes. Uh, the Miria f- is blooming on the back 40. Uh, country of origin? It is, uh, I don't know. It's, don't fu- know. it's found by <laughs> 1791, a, Swe- <laughs> a Swedish botanist. Wow. It's the genus of a tropical uh, aesthetic and Australian tree. Wow. Having pinnate leaves and flowers. With imbricate petals. I okay, can't even read the mean? definition. I mean, the words that they're using to describe it, I can't, I've never uh, heard before. Right, yeah. Imbricated petals. What does imbricated mean? Hell, I know. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> We're talking about a 14-year-old girl winning a spelling bee with a word that A, I couldn't spell, B, I couldn't up. pronounce, C, I couldn't use in a sentence. Yeah. That's impressive. And she can cross you up. Yeah. And bust my ankle right by that. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm going to just very simple. Let's just go right. This It's literally three words. Let's Pump the brakes it. or not. Sons and four. Pump the brakes. I hate the way Mike Bootenholzer has coached the Milwaukee Bucks the first two games. I don't think he's going to do that the next two games in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. For one, their home court advantage is unlike real. a lot. It, I, I would equal it to what we see here with the Suns. They are as passionate about their fan, about their team inside the stadium as well as outside the stadium. If, you, if you, you've seen in the games where they pan out to the outside and those fans are just as rabid as the ones that are on the inside. So to me, that alone gets them one. And they're, they're just the talent enough. Get, they're talented enough and there's just so much good energy, good will towards the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that gets them one game. Yeah. I don't know if it gets them more than that, but I think it gets them at least. Gross. I'm in agreement. I can't, as I said earlier when we were talking about things, uh, I don't see uh, the Bucks. would you ask me, are they going to win four out, out of five? That ain't happening. Okay. But I don't see the Bucks losing both games at home. Okay. This, it'll come back, and I, I think that'll be... It's fitting. They need fitting. to win it at home. It's kind of like what the mayor of Tampa asked for for the Lightning. Let's just go ahead and lose the game up there in Montreal and bring it home and win it. Let's do the same thing with the Suns. Yeah, I don't, I don't advocate for losing, but I, ju- I just wouldn't be that upset if we got to clinch it at home, the first ever, for this team, for this city. You know, this is the first time in Suns history they've ever had a lead in a final series. So this is the third series, they've, the you know, first time, third time they've been to the NBA Finals, 76. They lost game one. Celtics. 93. They lost game one and Bulls. two to the Bulls. They never had a lead. This is the first time in team history. So uh, it would be nice. All right, I'm going to – I'm gonna. I'm going to trend towards the old man get off my lawn with this one. So you guys tell me if I'm a little bit out of base. All right. Since we just did Suns and Four, Mm. and I'm never going to hate on a man for for taking advantage of a situation and hating on his hustle, but the Suns and Four guy trending towards annoying at this point. 
Oh, he's very much annoying. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I'm not get off my lawn. No, guys. you're not get off my lawn. Hold up. Yeah. No, that 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 that's one of those where again, he's had his 15 minutes. He's extended it to about a half hour, and it's it's about time to move on. And and look, it was great at the at the time. It's kind of dangerous to promote that kind of violence. I know Devin Booker gave him the jersey and all that kind of and stuff. Tickets. So he caught a lot of flack for that, but. You don't want to promote violence because that's grown-ups behaving badly. It sends, it sends a bad message, but it, it was a great line. Suns and four, because they actually did pull it and off the in four games. Right. Yeah. yeah, agree. Yeah. I don't need that. The story's too good. We don't need the side. Yeah, you don't side need show. it. And it was like you said, it was good. It was funny for the Nuggets series. Right. But then, it, then the the like a celebrity at the games I don't and the T-shirts it. and the not, after party. Well, it didn't it apply like, to the it didn't apply to the Clippers. They won in six. They right. won in four. Yeah. And again, I'll never hate on a guy for taking advantage of the situation. Go get your money. Go do you. But to me, it's starting to it's get time. to that point. Pumpus. It's over. Yeah. Uh, all right. One year ago today. Okay. A five games under 500 Phoenix Suns team held their first practice in the bubble. Today, we're talking about winning game two of the NBA Finals. So pump the brakes or not, this has been the most improbable run in NBA history. Oh, wow. Um, I can't think of another one, which is why I'm throwing that out there. Usually, you put your dues in to get here. Well, we talked about that. I can't think of another one that went straight to it. Pump the brakes. Oh, I got one. You're a 2004 Detroit Pistons. They were a team that had no real stars to speak of. And they went up against the Lakers super team. But here's the thing. they Throughout the year, they were not considered one of the top teams in the East. Definitely not considered one of the top teams in the NBA. They pull off a all-time great trade to, put, to bring in Rasheed Wallace, right. who was exactly what they needed at the moment. And he was the key to them unlocking this 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 lineup that was so good defensively that they just smothered teams. So it, it wasn't as if they had this long season run like the, the Phoenix Suns starting off in the bubble where they win those eight games and then you bring in Chris Paul and then, you know, the rest has been history. Mm-hmm. That was as improbable a run as you would ever think because not only did they beat the great Lakers team with all of those stars, they beat them in five. Yeah, They came a game away from sweeping those guys. Well, and you talk about that and I'll never – shy away from giving my uh what do you what do you like to say detroit basketball Basket. oh, team God. some credit <laughs> wow but um they finished i just looked it up i didn't remember i knew they finished behind the pacers they finished seven games behind the pacers so this is not a team that was in the conversation as a one or two no season. they finished seven games behind the Pacers. it took them a while to find their stride yeah because rasheed for a while they were like is this guy going to be able to be available i mean you people think about uh on or uh drummond with the with Golden State, he had nothing on Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace was a guy was a walking tech. Like sometimes he'd walk on the court and get a tech just because he was Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, he was a walking technical foul. Draymond but, Green, I should say. You look at the those, and it, I don't want to take away one from the other. No, they were you know, both they were both great. And, and the other thing that I like is they're both unique and they both got their own stories. Yeah, it was improbable, but you know, Detroit at least had a little basketball pedigree and. That wasn't – they went from the championships in the late 80s, 90s to basketball drought, and then that one came back. And it was definitely unexpected. Yes. Just as quickly as they had that, then it dissipated again. Well, and that was the Lakers team with Carl Malone and Gary Payton, right, who then joined everything else that they already yes. had. That was yes. like the super team. Yeah, they had like the Jack, original, Kobe, Carl yeah. Malone, GP. I mean, I think they had some other guys too on the roster. Yeah. 
and they, they almost got swept. Yeah. They they had a lot of internal issues going on. Remember, Kobe had his situation. Sha- and, yeah, and the whole, yeah, Colorado. You know what I mean? And he and Shaq had their own little situation. So there was a lot of things going on. Karl Malone, Kobe's wife. I mean, there, <laughs> there, there was a lot going on. I forgot yeah. about that. And a lot going on. And then the other thing, Detroit, that team, remember, Joe Dumars, even though they won a championship, was on the hot seat and remained on the hot seat because of the, the draft pick. pick. He well, was on that roster. He didn't do shit, but he was on that roster. But who who was who was the guy he picked above Carmelo Anthony? Okafer. No, not Okafer. It was the 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 the, the foreign kid. Yeah, Mehmet. Mehmet no. Okor. Yeah, Okor. Mehmet Okor. Okor. Yeah, sorry, yes. sorry, sorry. Yeah. You said Okafer. I was like Okafer. Yeah, I was I was, like, I was yeah Mehmet Okor. Darko Milicic is da- Darko Milicic. I was I had him backwards, but yes, Darko was on that roster. Wow. So they're doing all that with this dude on the bench. Wow. And Joe Dumars like, hey, nice championship. Guess who's still sitting on the end of the bench? Yeah. Darko Milicic has a ring and Adam Iverson doesn't. Something just doesn't seem right. They did an article on this dude. He's a dirt farmer back in Yugoslavia. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> dirt farmer. No, I'm not kidding. No, like, it's, not, it's, it's, funny it's, it's not like It's not like he's got one of those impressive Texas cattle ranches, right? <laughs> right. Dude, this is like mud huts. And the dude's got the overall with one one thing undone <laughs> and straw coming out. Like, God bless him. He, he, he's probably happy. He said, with, he's with never, a championship he, ring. Said, yeah. he said, I've never been happy. Whatever makes you happy, man. With a championship That's what it's ring. All about. To boot. Absolutely. That was, I, I'd forgotten. I mean, not totally forgotten about that, but that team. But Mehmedo Okur could play, though. Mehmedo Okur played. I got millisecond Okur. Yeah. I got my story. Darko Milicic was the guy. I was thinking, I was like, Okur, the name just. That backcourt, too, similar to what you you had Chauncey and, and uh, Rip Hamilton. Rip Hamilton, yeah. Tayshawn Prince. Was that the face match ben year Wallace. for Rip Hamilton? It yeah, was. That, was a fra- that was the face match year. Yeah. He wore it the whole year. Yeah. When yeah. he didn't have to. How did you say Ben Wallace? Ben Wallace. I can't say Rashid Wallace without uh, thinking of the Chappelle episode where. Wow. Rashid Wallace. Yeah. Um, all right, next one. <laughs> Booker going straight from the NBA Finals. We're playing into, like you pointed out earlier yeah. in the show, potentially late July. Uh, straight to Tokyo for the Olympics. The NBA season has already been announced and starting back up normal time in October next year. Does that make you a little worried for next season for Booker? No. Pump the brakes or not? No, pump the brakes. You know what those guys do when they don't play on the Olympics? They play pickup play games pick in L.A. Moves. So they play basketball all year long. They take maybe a couple weeks off, but you can go to any gym in L.A. and you'll see at least five, ten pro guys all going at it, working on their game. Even Devin Booker. Yeah. has been seen yeah, and remember that the was video. the time that the video yeah. we were talking about getting double, double teamed, teamed yeah. that was during the off season so these guys play basketball as much as they can look at Clay Thompson I was in a gym in LA in the summertime yeah you know and would I guess in retrospect you'd rather have him with USA basketball in Tokyo yeah right so look you know Paul George when he got hurt right put 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 book up there get this this to me just further solidifies what we've been talking about all along. Yep. You know, when you look at there's something out here, I won't find it in time, but they listed the the, the, the players with in their first NBA championship most points scored. Mm-hmm. He will shatter that record. Absolutely. Yeah. He's he 30 points behind that it. Right? Record. It's like 500 yes. and something. Right? Yes. So this is the emergence of Devin Booker, and this is a natural next step. The timing, to your point, is not great. You yep. know, if this would have been something where the season ended normally, sure. he would have had a little recovery time, but he's still young. Yep. You know, if we're talking about this like we do with LeBron James mm-hmm. or we did with uh, we did with uh, Kobe Bryant where sure. it happens seven years in a row and there's two 
two uh, Olympics in there, right. and international competition, all that, then maybe you got a, something to worry about. I mean, first you, trip, no, yeah. let them go, let them enjoy it. You've also had other players play for other teams, so it's not like it was just unique to the United States. You've yep. had team guys for other teams. Yep. Manu Ginobili had the same thing when he was playing for Argentina. Yep. And you think about in Milwaukee, they've got two players that are going to be playing in the Olympics as well. You got yep. Drew Holiday as well as Chris Middleton. So it's not as if it's just one guy and it's just unique to him. There's going to be other players. Obviously, they're not of the caliber of Devin Booker. We get that. But they're not far from it. Yeah. Well, I, I always lean towards it. You, again, I do prefer to you as a professional athlete. These guys know their bodies a hell of a lot better than we do. Dude, they play basketball all He's not all putting year himself long. in a situation where it's going to have any, you know, he's not going to willingly put himself in a situation. But if it be. wasn't in Tokyo, it'd be here in the States. Right. They'd be playing pickup games, and it would be just the same amount of risk, injury risk. All right, so we're going to go to some of the off-the-wall stuff here. We're already on question five. Let's do it. Apparently, I'm not a cat person. I don't dislike cats. Okay. I don't dislike them. I'm not right. a cat person. I, don't, I would not have known of this particular holiday. All right. Saturday is National Kitten Day. Now, it's there to encourage people to, don't, you know, to donate to help out the situation, foster kittens and this and that, but that's not where I'm going with this. That day apparently led to a survey. Okay. And according to this survey, 58% of Americans say it's totally fine to take your cat for a walk. <laughs> on okay. a leash. So pump the brakes or not on taking your cat for a walk on a leash. Pump the brakes <laughs> and already get this sound ready. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you, there, there is no way that if I see somebody <laughs> walking, walking a, cat. a cat on a leash that I'm not going to joke it up. I am joking you up <laughs> on sight. I'm so, just telling you. A, pump the, oh, pump the brakes. Yeah. And I have two just anecdotal pieces as to why that's true. Number one, my younger daughter, she has a cat. Okay. Most spoiled cat in the whole Does world. Does she walk it? She put him on a leash. She thought it'd be cute. Buy a leash. The cat almost clawed her eyes out. As you said, did the cat freak out? He wanted no part of it. Yeah. And this is a pretty good cat in terms of, like, she got him out there. She hooked it up. Yeah. Dude went crazy. I don't know how he did it. He was walking on air. And almost, she's six feet tall. This cat almost got her. Like, he was wow. like, no, we're not doing this. Take this damn thing <laughs> take off me. It take off me back now. inside now. Yes. The other thing, I take the dog for a walk every night, even yeah, when it's yeah. hot out. But I take yeah. the dog for a walk. There's the neighbors in the condo developed next to us. They got a little tiny, I, I want to say a chihuahua, something on the dog that they walk. It looks like a cat. No. The, the wife, husband and wife out walking, has a cat carrier. They take the cat out every night in the cat carrier for a walk. Hold up. Way. Way. Take the cat out in a cat carrier. 58%? Can't walk on his own four. I'm telling you. Wow. Well, you can do it. They probably put him on the leash and he freaked out and clawed the, the old people. Just let it walk. If it's, if it's a smart cat, it's not going to get away from you because he knows who feeds it and takes care of it. Right. You don't want to be out there in that hot-ass pavement either. 58% of Americans, according to the survey, think it's totally fine to walk your cat on a leash. I'm it's a lot of lonely people. I'm sorry. Hold up. Sorry. I, I can't get on board with that one. No, I'm, I'm pumping you. the brick. Is it that time? It's that time. So just hey, wait a minute. Yeah. I have one, too. Oh. Do I go before you like the warm-up act, or do you want me to go after? <laughs> first and foremost, ask, ask permission to That's just, I just asked. take the oh, man's segment from him. May I do a dad joke? Oh, you absolutely may do a dad okay. joke. Dad jokes rule. We're like Chip and Dale. Bertrand, would it be okay if I did a <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, just like my shirt, I keep all my jokes in a database. Oh, yeah. look, yeah. the man brings a shirt. That's a dad joke to the Come table. On. So Come we, on. You, would you like me to be the warm-up act, or would you like go to ahead, go, go ahead, brother? Let me, you get, go let, first. Me, let me give the rules, because you're not... You're I, don't, not I don't deserve sound. I'm, no, you'll get it, because you're not above the rules. If age a, age oh. before beauty. If this is a terrible dad joke, you're not, you're not oblivious to the, the <laughs> hate that comes your way. So the rules of our dad joke segment, no matter what, even if it's a bad joke. 
You get one of those. Yeah, you get you, you get that. If it's a terrible joke, if it's a terrible joke, if you if you if you if you hit the laughter bone a little bit, there you go. Now, if it's if it's worthy, you get the standing up. So those that's that's the dad. What's that one? I sent you something. I see myself. Yeah, thank you so much. Those are the dad rules. My dad jokes right. comes out of the, the world of science. Okay. okay. What do you call an acid with an attitude? <laughs> no, what? Amino acid. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's, that's not bad, Mike. For first Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very yeah. much. You'll be here all week. Yeah. For your first attempt, not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. All right, here we go, y'all. All right. So what do you call sexuality where you're attracted to men and women, but neither are attracted to you? By your damn self. <laughs> Pretty good. That's good. I'm gonna give it to him. That's good. <sighs> now, okay, we you, you 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 were going through your dad jokes before the show started, and you had one that I think is airworthy. Oh, that one was airworthy. Do you remember it off the top of your head? Uh, no. G- give me a hint. We'll, we'll end the show on this. I'll go ahead and I, I guess I can do it. Um, there was a blind guy reading a horror novel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. A right, blind person reading a horror novel. Mm-hmm. And they said, <laughs> it was in Braille, reading it in Braille, obviously, blind guy. And he says, uh, something bad is about to happen. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dad jokes rule. That's it. Yes. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was a B, that was a B train joke. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that sign language for I love you? Come on. Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. Oh, I, I thought you were you. going back to, you, to the 80s. To your <laughs> Dad jokes rule, baby. All right. That's going to do it for this edition. Time we wrap up the show. Of Train and Gross. We'll see you next. <laughs> we'll be back. I can feel it. Well, we'll holler. <laughs>